Greetings to each of you, and thank you for joining me today with this episode of Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and I welcome you to this podcast. If you're new to this program, you'll want to know that each week I seek to bring my listeners relevant content based on real-world issues that we're facing to consider them from a Christian worldview. I want us to grow in our ability to discern the spirits behind events and take the authority and use the power Christ has given us so we can overcome adversities and live in the victory Christ died to give us. I am among those who are completely against medical mandates simply because they utterly violate our constitutional rights and freedoms and allow tyranny to be the rule of law. Each person should be allowed to make their own decision regarding matters of their personal health. I have covered the evil behind much of what the world has suffered with the onset of COVID-19 in previous podcasts, and today's program will continue with that theme, but you'll find a unique twist in it. Wait till you hear the interview I have with Dr. Christopher Rake. Those of you who are faced with losing your job or taking the jab, or if you have friends and family who are in this position, you'll want to hear this program. Dr. Christopher Rake is my guest, and you may have heard of him because he was one who took a video of himself as he was being escorted off the hospital property where he worked because he refused to get the COVID injection. And the video went viral. His story and his heart for God are highly compelling, so much so that I couldn't bear to edit very much of our interview down. So today will be part one, and I'll follow next week with part two of my interview with Dr. Christopher Rake. As you listen to Dr. Rake's testimony, knowledge, and depth of faith, I ask you to prayerfully consider yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you where you can be encouraged, edified, corrected, or even commended in your own response to current events and your personal relationship with God. At the close of this broadcast, I ask you to spend a little bit more time in prayer, letting your response to God be known and documenting it as a way to keep yourself committed to your decisions. Dr. Rake has been the attending anesthesiologist since 2009 at UCLA Hospital. When the state mandated COVID injections for all healthcare workers, he sprang into action and he founded Citizens United for Freedom, or CUFF. Comprised of over 1,000 citizens from many walks of life, CUF advocates civil disobedience and united noncompliance in the face of tyranny. Dr. Rake made national and international headlines last month for a viral video he shot of himself being escorted off the campus of UCLA because of his unvaccinated status. He believes we will not get out of this current political and cultural crisis by filling out exemption forms or any other means which legitimize a broken, illegal, and corrupt system. He is a strong advocate for freedom, advancing the idea that the only way back to freedom is a hard and probably long fight that we must be prepared to wage. Here's my interview with Dr. Rake. Dr. Rake, I'm so grateful that you're taking your time out of your busy schedule to be on my podcast and help my listeners learn more about what you are doing. But first, please tell my audience a little about you. Sure. Yeah. So uh, my name is Dr. Christopher Rake. I grew up born and raised in Ventura County, California. Grew up surfing, swimming, playing water polo second fastest swimmer in the county and grew up Christian. But uh, then I went to, to UC San Diego for undergraduate and then to medical school at Tufts in Boston. And throughout the, the scientific training, I, I fell away from the faith more or less. My scientific training led me away to the understanding that there was no God. And I became an atheist. And then I came back 
And I came back with a passion and came back with a fervor knowing, realizing that even atheists wake up at night with cold sweats saying, what if I could be wrong? And realizing that atheism is intellectually bankrupt. And, and then when I started to actually look at the science and philosophy and logic and argument, I realized it's all on the side of God. Yeah. You know, every worldview has its own challenges, but you know, if anyone's winning, it's God in this, in this, especially when it comes to science. You know, it doesn't look like the Lord is winning right now, but we know he is. Yeah. And you had to take a step of courage. Now is when I'd like you to share with my audience that fateful day in your life this year. Well, leading up to that day, so August 5th, Dr. Tomas Aragon, the head of the California Department of Public Health, came out with a mandate saying that all healthcare workers and state employees had to be vaccinated by October 1st. So we quickly formed a group at UCLA of healthcare workers. We had already been opposed to the flu vaccine mandate. And so we just morphed that into CUF, Citizens United for Freedom. And if you go to our website, cuff-usa.org, you can learn more about us there. Um, but we, we just started growing the group, getting more and more like people, like-minded people with us. And I went to my administration and I said, I'm not going to take this vaccination. Will you stand with me? And by my right, as a, as a person, as a patient to not take this medication. And they said, essentially said, no. And I said, well, you're violating medical ethics. And what medical ethics says the patient has autonomy to decide for themselves. So um, then I, we, we spoke at a couple of rallies and long story short, October 1st came and that's when the mandate was supposed to go through. And I said, um, I showed up for work, even though I wasn't scheduled for work. And I was I actually got called and said, hey, can you come urgently to emergency or to OR8? Somebody didn't show up and we need your help there. And I thought, wow, this is great. I'm finally working again. Or not finally, but I'm going to keep working because it's October 1st. And they, they're, maybe they've had a change of heart. Well, that day I got an email saying, um, you are now on administrative leave without pay. And so that was uh, that was a Friday the 1st. And, and I, nobody got back to me. What does that mean? Because um, I was supposed to not be working the 1st anyways. And I still did. So I decided on October 4th, which was Monday, I'd come in and go to work. And I did. I called and said, I'm ready to work. And the person who does the schedule said, what are you doing? I thought you were on administrative leave. I said, yeah, but nobody told me what it means. And I wasn't supposed to be working on the first, but uh, I wasn't on the schedule then, but they gave me work. So I'm here. So instead of saying, well, you need to go home, um, they, the, the chair of my department, Dr. Maxine Cannison, uh, and two gentlemen um, they, from security, they escorted me out of the building. And as I was walking down the, the stairs, my legs were shaking. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm, I've worked here for 15 years. I've been a physician for 17 years. And I, I've, I wanted to be a doctor ever since I was five years old. And they're walking me out for being unvaccinated because I chose that this is not appropriate for me at this time. We don't have enough safety evidence and it takes 15 to 20 years to release a normal vaccine. And yet here they're treating me like a criminal. Why didn't they just call me and say, please leave? So nonetheless, I'm walking down the stairs. My legs are shaking like crazy and I, I could barely uh, stand up. And I decided I should probably video this. And they said, sir, you can't video. This is a two, uh, two person consent state. I said, fine. So as soon as I got out of the building, I turned the recorder back on. And then what you see on the video and that, that video went viral. I think it's gotten over one and a half million hits. It got shadow banned, but um, you know, so it stopped getting so many hits, but, uh, that that's, I had already decided up to this point that 
they were coming for everything. If they, if they can, if they can forcefully inject people against their will and a physician who knows the science and who can articulate uh, rational arguments against it and who can call for more safety evidence and they're going to ramroad over me, then there's no stopping this. And, and uh, my administration, I couldn't believe their position that, that they, they would trust me to treat a patient but they wouldn't trust me to take to make my own medical care decisions. Yeah. And whatever happened to my body, my choice. Yeah. Right. It's um, incredible. It's incredible yeah. what is going on and has been going on for almost two years now. But I want before we go much further, I want my listeners to know that I will have a link to the video of you t- recording yourself as you were being escorted off of the property. You sure. look so calm. I'm surprised to hear that your legs were shaking and all that you were experiencing emotionally. Yeah. But that will be in the show notes. So. Knowing that you are a family man, you have three children, uh, and you are willing to take a stand for freedom, even though it may it means you've lost your job. Uh, tell us more about what the process is for you in in how you got the courage to do what you're doing. Yeah, um, thank you for that question. I I've I've been thinking long and hard about this. I I think if I didn't have children, I wouldn't have made that decision. But I looked at it and, and my two grandfathers fought in World War II and they fought against tyranny abroad um, and they risked their lives. And they saw many of their friends at 18, 19 years of age die and be shot down and killed. And my grandfather, Rake, he was shot down in a B-24 Liberator and he survived and he came back. And thank God, because here I am. But I, I looked at it and I said, I can't take this heritage of liberty that I've received from my grandfathers who fought mm-hmm. so hard for it mm-hmm. and leave my kids penniless when it comes to the bank of liberty. Mm. I can't squander what I've received on comfort and complacency and leave my kids with nothing and say, I'm so sorry. I had a great life, but I guess yours isn't going to be so great. It felt irresponsible to me, um, especially, you know, as an American, as a father, as a, as a Christian, and so, you know, as I started to go through this process of thinking about what, am, how am I going to stand up? What am I going to do? And, and organizing people, which I've never done before. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this. I just said, I started to get really nervous. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my job as I was preparing for what was coming on October 1st. And I would, I, I would fall asleep. I wouldn't, uh, I'd, I'd wake up after three hours, shaking, trembling, not, mm-hmm. not being able to sleep a full night's sleep and saying, how am I going to provide for my family? And then I, I, I came to the realization, I said, wait a second, am I really in this position that I'm doubting God? Do I really trust him to, to save me for all eternity? And yet I'm not going to trust him for a right. job and to provide for me? Wait a second. Hmm. Wait, I'm not at UCLA because I'm some smart, smart guy. Yes, he's given me intelligence and I've worked really hard to get where I'm at. But if God didn't want me here, I wouldn't be here. And so he put me here. And so if he wants me to leave here, I will leave here. And, and then I said, so do I really believe that he's, he's going to save me for all eternity, but he's not going to save me temporarily. And, and then as I was speaking one time, he gave me this revelation. He said, I, I died for you. I paid my body for your freedom. Do you think I would leave you if you were willing to sacrifice a job for that same freedom? Isn't it amazing? Mm-hmm. You know, he died for our freedom. He paid his body for our, our freedom, our eternal freedom. Mm-hmm. And, and that was not his freedom. And here I am thinking, oh, he's not going to be, be by my side if I sacrifice for my, for my own freedom. And so I just, so I came to the point in the mornings where I said, God, I'm so sorry. I'd wake up trembling, heart racing. God, I'm so sorry that I have such little faith that I believe somehow you're going to abandon me mm-hmm. if I sacrifice my job for freedom or I'm willing to sacrifice. Hopefully I won't have to. 
uh, but if I'm at least willing to, that doesn't make any sense logically. So I just came to a, lo a logical conclusion. And I know Jesus, he's good. He's not going to leave me uh, hanging, right? Right, <laughs> so, right. And, and he showed such courage. And, and I came to the realization that I am standing up for the temple of the living God. This is the amazing privilege that we have as Christians. We get to host Jesus in our bodies. It, he says in John 14, 23, those who love me and obey my commandments, the father and I will come and make our home with him. Wow. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. God could, could make all the, take all the um, national parks, Yosemite and Yellowstone and, and Grand Canyon and whatever Niagara Falls, he could put them all together in the sky and say, make this most beautiful home and go live right there and look down on us. You know, we could see him up a mile or two miles up and, and he'd say, this is my home here. That's not what he wants. He wants to live inside of my heart. Right. Right. So I have a duty and an obligation. God came in a human body. The human body is so uh, amazing and beautiful to him that he came and indwelt a human body mm -hmm. and he died in a human body to save humans. And so, um, you know, I, I came to the realization that I am not just standing up for myself, but I'm keeping sanctified the temple of the living God. Mm -hmm. So that's where that came from. You know, I really appreciate um, your your candor here because you're not the only one who's also realized, had to come to the realization that we will trust God for eternity, but we have a problem trusting him for today. <laughs> it you makes know? no sense. Yeah, it doesn't. And I know I've even said that to groups when I've spoken in the past and people realize, wait, I'm not consistent in my logic here. And it was it was a, a, a time of awakening for you. But you just said you have never organized or done anything like this before. So I have to ask you, what gave you the capabilities of putting together this organization, Citizens United for Freedom? It's growing and we want to see it grow exponentially. Yeah. What prepared you to be able to do this? Well, it, it, to be honest with you, it just started with my everyday devotionals. It started with my walk with Jesus, started with my prayers, with my, my reading of the Bible. I, I was at a point where I was so hungry for the word and memorizing uh, the book of Revelation because it says those who hear and read this will be blessed. It's the only book that comes with that mm -hmm. blessing. And so I think God poured something into my spirit through reading over Revelation, even though I, I couldn't tell you a lot of what some of it means or, or a lot right. of what a lot of it means. Right. Yeah. Um, but he's able to speak to us through the spirit. So I recognize things that are happening, you know, revelation 13 verses 16 and 17, that you have to have the mark of the beast. Right. Mm -hmm. um, that's ingrained in me. But, but I came to a point in my walk where I said, he's King. He's the Lord. He's the sovereign. If he commands me to do something, I should do it. Mm -hmm. And he tells me in the great commission, go make disciples of the nations. And uh, I, I was sharing with people and, and I was so, I said, God, I, I want to share about you. And I started praying for people in, in gas stations and just the clerks and the waitresses. And, and I saw a couple of people healed and, and, uh, but I said, God, I'm not making disciples, help me to make disciples. And then I met a, a young uh, homeless black man who was working at a gas station and God, I started a texting group to, to minister to him and make a disciple of him. And so then, it, then, then God fulfilled the wishes that I had prayed according to his word, right? When you pray according to his word, he'll fulfill it. So that, that started me on a, a track of, okay, I have something to say here and people will listen. That's interesting. I never, that never occurred to me. And then I had 25 people in that group. And then I started the group at UCLA to fight the flu vaccine. 
And then, uh, and every day the Lord was calling me to do every day. He's calling us to do uncomfortable things. Absolutely. And, and we get it so wrong in American Christianity. We think it's about comfort, about materialism. Joel Osteen, you want it, God wants to bless you. He wants to give you a big house and lots of cars. And maybe God does. Maybe he wants to treat you like an Abraham, but he also wants to treat you like an Abraham, right? If you're <laughs> going to be, have the wealth of an Abraham, you're going to have to go through the sacrifices of an Abraham, right? Go, right. Maybe he wants to treat you like the John the Baptist, who basically just lived in the desert and didn't eat anything. And then he got his head cut off. So we get it wrong in American Christianity. We focus on the blessings and rather than focusing on the, the duty and the obligation to a King who loves us so much that he gave, gave, gave of himself and he died for our sakes. So we, as the creation should want to give, give, give and say, thank you. Wow. I'm blown away. I'm blown away. You're amazing. King Jesus. What can I do for you today? And so when you wake up with that attitude, you are willing to do uncomfortable things. Mm -hmm. Jesus never would have said, I'm sending the comforter if you were already meant to have a comfortable life. Good point. So, so that, so, so it came from that. It just came from, okay, I've never done anything like this, but I know what I know, what I know. And, and I'll probably, I may fail. There's a high likelihood I'll fail, but I know I'll fail if I don't try and, mm -hmm. I, and I have to run down the hill. I can tell you that there's a little even more backstory. If, if you have time, it's about the butterfly effect and butterflies. And I was going to ask about that anyway, because I saw that on your website. Um, yeah. And I, but before we do, I want to encourage my listeners to go to the show notes and make sure you look up this wonderful organization that Dr. Rake has started. It's Citizens United for Freedom. And one of the things that they say on their webpage is the only requirement for membership is that you show courage in these dark times. And we do know around the entire world yes. are dark, dark times. But we need to, as you say on your website, value freedom and above livelihood, value career and family and even life itself. So you, we've heard it said before that Christianity is not for wimps. And here's a time that we who call ourselves Christians have an opportunity to demonstrate whether we truly are or not. Amen. I like how you say opportunity. Think about it this way. Think about there's there's this group of, of heavenly kids, right? They're, they grew up in heaven and, and they said to Jesus, Jesus, I love you so much. They said, and he said, yeah, okay. Would you be willing to suffer pain for me? And they said, well, what's pain? Okay. Well, would you will be willing to die for me? Well, what's die? Right. Oh, but we love you so much. It's kind of an empty mm -hmm. de declaration, right? There's no meat. There's no force behind it. We now get to prove for all eternity. Mm -hmm. Here's where I stand. I stand with the king, the king who laid his life down for me. Truth died for me, and I will be willing to die for truth. I am the way, the truth, the life. John 14, 6. So yeah, it, it's, it is a great opportunity. And man, I, I, I think... As I read Revelation, I, I asked God so many questions like, how are we going to live if there's, you know, how are we going to buy and sell goods if we don't have the mark of the beast? And One of the questions I had for you as you were talking is because I know you say on your website that the vaccines are an individual choice, but you mm -hmm. also have an 11 page paper PDF that gives people a lot of factual information about the vaccines. And I would think that anybody with the right mind would realize it's too early to be taking this in the human body. Yeah. So going to the medical issues um, in general, I try. So there's two prongs to this argument. One is it doesn't matter. Let's say, let's just give them the argument. The, the vaccines are 100% effective. You still do not have a right to force me to take any medical treatment or, or procedure. Okay. Let's say, let's make this argument. Let's make their argument even stronger. 
This injection the government is mandating you have takes away 100% of all human disease. Let's say there were 8 billion people and one guy on the planet who says, no, I, I don't, I don't want it. I have the right in my humanity. God has given me this right and this authority, this autonomy over my own body to decline. And I would say I stand with him. Okay. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's the one, that's the number one argument. It doesn't matter what's in the injection. Okay. But to me, the reason why, if you're asking me personally, why I rejected it, it's the worst <laughs> vaccine ever. It's really um, not even a vaccine. In fact, your website not. calls it the COVID injection for that very reason. Yeah. And the, and the CDC uh, recognized that it's not a vaccine. They, they Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, um, came out and said it does not stop contraction of the disease nor transmission. Um, and there was a Lancet study that just showed that just uh, this past week, I think, or uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, and they, they it's such a bad, quote unquote, vaccine that they had to change the definition of a vaccine on the yeah. website. You know yeah. something's wrong when they have to change the definition of the terminology. Now we're talking about Orwell, 1984. They're changing people. This is why people are so disoriented and confused because things are shifting under their feet. It's like NIH changed the the, the definition of gain of function mm -hmm. after um, after Anthony Fauci was caught lying before the Senate that he had funded gain of function. And here's another point that this part of our conversation brings up in my mind. With the CDC changing the definition of quote unquote vaccine, that means the people who were supposedly provided enough information to give consent were not given the right information prior to the change of the definition. Well, you're, you're touching on another hot subject, which is there has been no consent. You, you're inferring that people actually got consent, but you drive up to a, a, a drive-through and they say, pull up your sleeve. Okay, boom, that's it. And, and the, the inserts for the vaccines used to have nothing written on them. There was nothing on, on the pages. There, there wasn't anything about the adjuvants, nothing about the medications that were in addition to the vaccines or the, you know, I'll call them COVID injections themselves. Um, nothing. So you couldn't even know if you had an allergic reaction to say polyethylene glycol is peg in this vaccine. It's in other vaccines. Is it in this one? Is mercury in this vaccine? It's in other vaccines. Is it in this one? You didn't know. So there wasn't even an informed consent. Right. This is why I argue this violates, this violates all kinds of conventions, the Nuremberg code yes. and, and, and do Nazi doctors were put to death because they, they forced study subjects to take experimental treatments and, mm -hmm. and the, the jurists, the judges in that trial said, it doesn't matter if you say it was just following policy or it was an order. Every human being has the duty and the obligation to enforce human rights. So it violates the Nuremberg code. It violates title 21, section 360 BBB, 3A, uh, I think it's one, two, three, or two, three, um, which says you cannot, it's federal law, you cannot force an EUA drug or treatment on a person. This is still under EUA. It's not fully approved. Right. Comirnaty has been approved. That's not available in the United States. So the only COVID injections that are in the United States are only EUA. So they're right. violating federal law. They're violating medical ethics. As a physician, this is what really, really irked me. I couldn't believe nobody else was seeing this. Medical ethics, the four pillars, one of them is patient autonomy. A patient has a right to choose for themselves. Plain and simple. This is not complicated. How do how do all my colleagues suddenly get amnesia from medical school? And, and so for me, this gets my moral uh, outrage lit up. I, as a physician, I will not stand by and see my profession, the healing profession. God is called the great physician. I have the honor of having suffered through all the studies and being called and, and graduating with an MD and an MPH. 
and being called a physician, that is an honor. And it's also a duty, duty to humanity that I protect this, 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 uh, this profession. And so I will not stand by and let my profession be co-opted by the government, by people like Anthony Fauci, who's never treated a patient in his life, or at least not in the past 20 years, and, and who are going to tell me how to run my profession and are going to use it to as a blunt tool to take away our freedoms, to take away the Fourth Amendment, and they're taking away Fifth Amendment, all these other amendments. Mm-hmm. In addition to the patient autonomy, didn't, did you say there are four points that are being violated? What are the yeah. other three? There's a beneficence, non-maleficence, and justice. Explain those for us, please. Well, um, so beneficence is that you have your intervention, whatever it is, should do good. Okay, Um, it should have some sort of good. Uh, So you shouldn't just do something that's not that's neutral. There's no justification to do something that's neutral. Non-maleficence is um, that you you're not doing harm, right? It's that whole thing from the first from the Hippocratic oath. First, do no harm. So your your intervention, your treatment should not do any harm. So there's actually, you know, those between those two, the, these vaccines fail yes. because they're not doing much good. Um, people will argue, okay, well, they're decreasing hospitalizations and decreasing death rates, but we're not even sure about that now. Um, there's a lot of reports that the majority of the people who are in the hospitals today are those who have received the vaccines and right. some of the booster shots. Right. So in, there's- in the UK, 63% of those that are dying are vaccinated. In the uh, in Israel, 86% of those who are hospitalized are, and this is maybe one, one or two months old data. I don't have recent data, but they are vaccinated. Uh, even though 80% of the population is, is um, vaccinated, 86% of those hospitalized are vaccinated. So you're finding a higher percentage of hospital uh, hospitalized patients that are vaccinated than the general population. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, this doesn't qualify. Plus we, we now know that this is like using Ryan, one of my friends, Dr. Ryan Cole of Americans Frontline Doctors. He, he uses this analogy. He says, we're, it's like using last year's flu vaccine on this year's flu, mm-hmm. because this vaccine was, was made for the alpha variant for, for the first variant that came out. And now it doesn't work for the Delta variant. In fact, it's so terrible that it, the, the antibodies that you formed to this, in response to this vaccine, they assist the Delta variant in infecting your cells. Let me repeat that. Yes. You thought you had immunity, but the very antibodies that you have that are floating around towards the alpha variant assist the Delta variant in making it easier to inject its material into your cells and infect your cells. And so you know, not only that, but the spike protein that your body produces in response to this, the spike protein itself is cytotoxic. What does that mean? Cyto means cell toxic. We all know what that means. So it's, it kills cells. It's toxic to cells and it causes blood clots itself, the spike protein alone. And that's what your body is making in response to the vaccine. So you get injected with MRNA, the MRNA carries the code for the spike protein. Now your cells are hacked and they become a manufacturer of this toxic protein, which goes and can cause blood clots. That's out of a study in uh, May from uh, the SOC Institute. They found that this, it causes this damage. So it's probably the spike protein itself that's getting in, And it's also getting into myocardial tissue. It's causing myocarditis. Um, it's really, it's really terrible. Many things have been really terrible, especially these past two years. But I want you to take courage. The Lord is intentionally exposing every manner of evil so that as he administers his judgment, 
those who are still not awakened to the truth will have yet another chance to see good and evil for what they are. Let's understand God is revealing evil through his faithful children who are taking a stand for what is right, not merely for themselves, but for others. And Dr. Rake is among them. During the process of editing, I realized I didn't get back to him on the topic of the butterfly effect, but you can find out about that by visiting his website. The link will be in the show notes. Next week, I'll resume this interview with Dr. Rake, where you'll learn more about his efforts to faithfully live out his Christianity and help other people through his organization, Citizens United for Freedom. You'll find a link to that site in the show notes today. In these times of economic uncertainty, it's more important than ever to have a plan to protect and increase your wealth. Ed Torres is a team member with the financial advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, who can help you with your future financial goals. Ask Ed Torres about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach to see if you're prepared for your financial future. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, understands your goals and they provide personalized advice to help you reach them. Call Ed Torres at 949-250-3210. Office is located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. You don't have to live in California to consider working with Ed. They're licensed in many states, so I'll have a link to his website in the show notes. And I encourage you to contact him for a free consultation. And keep in mind, I recommend Ed because of the experience my husband and I have had with him as our personal financial advisor. If you've liked what you've heard from me today, then I ask you to show your support in whatever way you can. I offer my books and other products from my web store, which you can get to at faithtoliveby.com. Be sure to use the promo code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and you'll receive a 20% discount on up to two products. Christmas is right around the corner. Why not consider supporting me with some of those Christmas gifts you're going to be getting anyway? Also, consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will make you a preferred member, and you'll receive special announcements and offers not available to others. And with so much going on every day, let's make a point of connecting on social media. I have my handles in the show notes. And be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network and on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there is a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. And again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring you is how you can show your support, which would be greatly appreciated. And depending upon where you listen to my podcast, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel and helps people learn how to best apply their Christian faith. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.